Hey, Will. Hey, man. <laughs> Not amen, but hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Not that you can't say amen. Yeah. You can say amen. And a woman. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Did you watch that? Of thing? course. Yeah. Yeah. From, yeah. Um, it was the la- it was on, there was, I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> it was some, uh, during some congressional, like, you, you never saw this? Like some prayer? Yeah. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a funny one. Anyway, it, it was a very inclusive. That's not what the podcast is about. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very yeah inclusive. Mm-hmm. Trying to make a gender a gender neutral term. Mm-hmm. Gender. Well, we're not talking about gender today. <laughs> nope. That's nope. for next time. We have to stay for the next podcast. Um, today we're talking about gods. Gods, plural. Maybe not. Maybe wow. one of the gods. One of the gods. What do you mean by that? <laughs> um, I heard it on the Bible Project one time. Oh. I really don't know. Don't yeah. ask me. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Like the thought of... I've, I think I've listened to that same episode where it talks about a plurality of gods in the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible talks about gods, talking about demons and angels and... um interesting but it differentiates right like that was, wasn't that the point of their podcast was like it's it talks about gods but it's not the god or like it's yeah elohim can mean is right. it elohim elohim yeah it means a lot like it can mean a lot of gods. it can even mean like judges it's just a mighty one actually mm-hmm. uh, but yeah i think it's in first corinthians 8 um he talks about you know even if there are many gods yet to us there's one god so it's like we are monotheist in the sense that we have one God, but we don't believe in only one spiritual being. Right. You know? And actually, so what we were thinking about talking about today, which I think we should still should, yeah. is Satan mm-hmm. as the, um, where is that? It's like Ephesians 2, 2, I think. And maybe 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians 4, 4 calls him the God of this age. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Satan is called the god of this age or of this world um so yeah we we thought we'd have a podcast you know following last week's or i don't know when we're really what the time is between the release dates actually but the last podcast whenever we released it still mapping it out yeah is on hell yeah um and it's a natural thing transition to talk about satan who some consider the prince of hell or the king of hell yeah um founder yeah um, maybe the founder which you know if you listen to the last one you, if you didn't this won't make sense to you but hades is actually in the bible hell's not there yeah. but we didn't talk about this in our the last one hades is used metaphorically um as like the stronghold of the enemy it is used that way in the bible mm, that's right the gates of hades shall not prevail against right. the church right um and you know the lord talks about you know uh, i think it's in matthew 23 one of the cities corazon uh, one of them, it's like you're going to be, though you've exalted yourself, you will be cast down to Hades. Right. Um, Doesn't that just mean death, though? Exactly. So it's a it's a morally neutral place, but death in general is not positive. That right. doesn't mean it's positive. So kind of as a balance, maybe. So we were kind of doing a correction, I think, yeah. last podcast. But it is, it is a negative thing. Like mm-hmm. death is not the place where you want to go. So right. when the Lord wanted to use... Um, to speak about Satan's kingdom and speak about punishment, he would threaten with Hades. Yep. Um, it's not positive. Yeah. 
but that doesn't mean believers don't necessarily go there when they die. Right. Um, that's kind of the point of what we're talking about, but I guess maybe that's enough. Okay. But well, let me, let me hit him with a verse. Yeah. Hit him with a verse. You, it was what you mentioned earlier. So this is second Corinthians four, four in whom the God of this age has blinded the thoughts of the unbelievers that the illumination of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, might not shine on them. Mm. So there is a God of this age. It doesn't say gods of this age. Yeah. It just says God of this age. So yeah. it's like, you know, we would take that as it's referring specifically to Satan. Satan. God's enemy. So that's kind of where the Bible project fit in, that, mm -hmm. that little scenario. But yeah. Yeah. So I guess today's main topic, since we talked about hell last week, this yeah. week, we're going to talk about Satan mm -hmm. um, and his person, mm. his work, what he does, what he does. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me. I, I grew up, well, ever since I became a Christian, which was when I was 16, um, I quickly veered towards a particular branch of Christian theology, Calvinism, where we had a really high view of God's sovereignty, his power, of his glory and um, I, I, you know, looking back on that now, I don't think I taught, I was ever taught much about Satan and Satan didn't have much of a, um, a place in my kind of understanding of like theology and the mm. truth. Um, that's interesting because I think when you give God, um, when you consider God to be he, such a high view of God's sovereignty, um, the fact that there's an enemy and another power at work almost doesn't fit into that paradigm and so you know certainly we didn't deny that satan exists i wouldn't have denied that but right it just wasn't a frequent topic it wasn't like god's at war with satan yeah um i don't know was your similar you you were baptist right. growing up right no it, i wouldn't say i was similar i subscribed actually this is my earliest memory i think of satan yeah other, other than like the cartoon version, which uh -huh. I think everyone could get the cartoon version. Yeah, right? Torchy's Taco, exactly. Satan. Red guy, pitchfork, yeah. orange tail, <laughs> flames, yeah. you right. know, that kind of thing. But my earliest memory of when I think Satan became maybe, I don't know if real to me is the right term, uh -huh. but I, for a long time, being a Baptist, you know, the whole thing is like, you're once saved, always saved. So uh -huh. once you get saved, you don't have to doubt anything. You don't have to go to hell. You're going to go to heaven, and that's you're sealed. You're good. You're yeah. never going to lose your salvation. Yeah, which is accurate. Yeah, but I remember I used to never think that I actually got it done. Mm. I'd make say the prayer, and I'd be like, mm, I just don't know. I think I'm still going to hell, and I feel, yeah. still feel guilty. Wow. I'm, I'm, and I was a you know a child. I was like eight, I think. And me and my brother shared a room, two twin bunk beds. I mean, two twin beds in there. And I remember one night I said, I set up and I was like, Zach, who's my brother? I was like, Zach, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't feel like I'm saved. And he like nonchalantly, it was almost like, please don't talk to me. I'm trying to fall asleep. He just goes, that's just Satan. Don't worry about it. And that just like hit a, like, it just impressed me really wow. hard. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's what Satan does. He just causes us to doubt. Yeah. And so for me, that's where it became like Satan's whole job, just to make the Christians doubt that they weren't saved. That was like, interesting. my understanding. Wow. Yeah. You know, that, because there is some biblical, biblical justification to that 
aspect. I think we have a lot more to talk about in terms of what Satan does, mm-hmm. who he is, his origin story. I don't know how much we'll get into that, but um, I think it's in Revelation 12, maybe verse 10, 9, 11, around that area. Uh, it talks about the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. One of the kind of titles given to Satan, it talks about like, you know, the great dragon, the old serpent called the devil, right? He's He's been cast down, but he's called the accuser of the brethren. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, love not their soul. So that's definitely, okay, yeah, verse 10, verse 10. That's definitely one of his main things. He's um, constantly accusing the brethren, accusing Christians, um, causing them to think they are unworthy, think they've transgressed too far. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is huge for everyone to know, like, if you are living, you know, if you've sinned, you feel like you've fallen away from God, you don't think you can come back to the church, you you feel you're just in shame and guilt. Oftentimes, um, you know, we should have feelings of guilt when we sin. That's appropriate, but, but we need a high view of the blood of the lamb. Mm. And right, the blood is, it's sufficient right. to cover all our sins. And as long as we confess, like 1 John 1, 9, and the Lord's faithful to forgive us. And the only accusations that are remaining after that is mm. Satan right. is accusing the brethren, saying, you're a sinner, you're not worthy to come forward to God. When it's like that, we have to realize that is the devil. He is active today to accuse us. Yep. Um, yeah, anyways, that's that's interesting. That's a healthy, I guess, thing that your brother yeah. gave you. I think it was healthy. And I don't know how, I don't know what his understanding was, because at the time he'd been like, 13 <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know it's wise like, 13 year yeah. old right I, I think i probably that's how it was taught to him yeah like, yeah satan's self role was to just make you think you lost your salvation or didn't have it yeah yeah but okay so um i guess as a um to to just briefly get into satan's origin in the bible yeah, i think that's good um that's we don't want to go much longer who's texting you <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Um, you know, it, there's a, a few key places, and this is kind of, maybe we can just mention this briefly. If you're interested, go look at these verses. But there's two key spots in the Old Testament that give us kind of Satan's origin story, your background. And that's, it's helpful, or it's easy to remember, Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. If you cut Ezekiel 28 in half, it's Isaiah 14, 14, Isaiah 14. or double 14. All you have to do is remember one of them. Even if you look at the pages from Ezekiel and you divide it by two, it lands on Isaiah. 14. Really? No, I don't think <laughs> Hold so. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, you, uh, uh, both of these, yeah, it's okay. That was pretty bad. <laughs> oh, so, okay. <laughs> so Satan in these verses, he's, he's a good guy. He's in the garden of Eden and he's not as a serpent. He, even Ezekiel, he's described as being beautiful, adorned and, and Isaiah, he's talked about as this kind of gives why he fell is he wanted to be like the most high. Right now, it's talking about like one of the kings, like Nebuchadnezzar, or the king of Tyrus or Prince of Tyrus. Um, I think I'm saying that right. Um, but it's it starts to become so grand in its allegory and its metaphorical speaking that it's like, oh, it seems like the revelation of the Bible here has shifted beyond a human person to speaking even of the source behind them. And it's giving more of the origin of Satan. Um, 
So anyways, those chapters are fascinating if you want to know, like, where did Satan come mm-hmm. from? And Isaiah 14, Job 24. Ezekiel 28. Oh. <laughs> 24. <laughs> All right. Got, okay, Sorry. let's do it again. Isaiah 14, 14 Ezekiel, Ezekiel 28. 28. I yeah. think in my head I was thinking, Job, I mean. Job Satan. also talks about yeah, Satan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, Job wrote Job. Yeah, Job 1. That's another interesting way to look at it or place to look for right. what does Satan do. I think. Um, so where should we go? We got his origin story. Yeah, origin story. But what he's doing today, I think, is what's maybe most interesting. Yeah, let's start there. Let's yeah. do that. Or maybe not start there, but yeah. dive in. Like, what is Satan doing today? What mm-hmm. would you say his main work is? So, um, <clears throat> probably what I say before we get into the verses, I think mm-hmm. the best way to maybe sum it up is, like, his, his whole goal is to disrupt God's plan. So, like, yeah. if Satan has a plan... The whole plan is counter to God's plan. Yeah. If Satan has a kingdom, it's counter to God's kingdom. Right. If you know, it, I think I think that's like the probably the best way I would maybe frame it or describe it. Yeah. This is actually fascinating. I I kind of did a deep dive of Satan's plan at one point back in college, and I found it so interesting. You know, if, uh, our first five podcasts in season one, we talked about God's purpose. And we framed it, gave five kind of facets or angles to what God's purpose is. You know, God's purpose is multifaceted. It's grand and it can't be summed up with one thing. We kind of gave like five lines in the Bible. Yeah. And it's, uh, if I can remember, it's divine romance. Yep. Kingdom, building, sons, and expression or glory. I don't know how we framed it or said it, but same thought, expression. Yeah. And all of those aspects are seen in Genesis 1 through 2, the the beginning of the Bible, before Satan enters the picture, and they are consummated, concluded, wrapped up, and you see the finishing product in Revelation 21 and 22. What's so interesting, you you see a revelation of God's purpose in Genesis 1 and 2, but you see the counterfeit that Satan brought in of all five, along all five lines Mm -hmm. from like what we can say is the satanic economy satan's plan what right. he's trying to do he he initiated and stepped in to bring in his own counterfeit his own um replication or duplication of what god was trying to do and satan always steps in first like right god did not force man to eat the tree of life he didn't commission man to eat the tree of life satan he came in and seduced eve right and tricked her and got her to eat his tree we could say the satanic tree mm-hmm. So in the same way he got in, he, you know, in first John, I guess just in brief in first John chapter three, it talks about the children of the devil. Same thing in John, John eight. And in Matthew it talks about brood of vipers, like Satan imparted his, you know, satanic life and created his own children in a sense. In yeah. the same way God wanted sons, Satan begot his sons first. Mm-hmm. Like we're all children of the devil before we're regenerated. Mm-hmm. Satan brought in his right. kingdom with that. He brought in his um bride you can even say his wife in a weird way it's like you look at revelation satan's the consummation of satan's a woman you know, economy is a woman yeah a harlot mm-hmm. right babylon the great right same thing it's a building right it's the babylon is this grand building you have babel in genesis 11 you have it kind of consummating yeah. in babylon as well yeah um 
I'm missing one, but uh, oh, expression. Yeah. Obviously we're expressing the right. devil in our, in our living and sin being manifested. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like expression and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like expression is the easiest one to maybe get into yeah. for specific experience or verses about yeah. who Satan is and how he's operating today. So like <clears throat> one instance, I think that is clear. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just clear in the Bible is when Jesus starts telling the disciples about what's going to happen to him. Oh, yeah. And then Peter does something strange in Matthew 16, 23. <clears throat> says, but he turned. And, oh, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Let me let me take a step back. Peter took him aside. This is sorry. This is Matthew 16, 22. Okay. Peter took him aside to rebuke him. So Peter's rebuking Jesus. <laughs> Bold. Wow. Saying, God be merciful to you, Lord. This shall by no means happen to you. So, I mean, this is like, before I go on further, mm-hmm. well, actually, let me let me just finish and then I'll talk. It says, but he turned, he being Jesus, said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Well, so, so Jesus calls, calls him Satan. Yeah, he calls him Satan. <laughs> but like, even that language is strange in verse 22. So Peter rebuked him. Mm-hmm. If someone ever rebuked me by saying, God be merciful to you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that doesn't even sound like a rebuke. Yeah. It's like, God be merciful to you. This shall by no means happen. Yeah. It's like that That sounds so concerning, right? Genuine, like, exactly. For exactly. Jesus. And then, so Jesus calls him Satan. And I've just been, like, kind of pondering on this a little bit and considering it. Um, and it's like, it, imagine what it would take to talk to a mentor, a uh, person you look up to, a teacher. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe in some ways, even a parent, like, it's like you, you care so much about them and you get all these feelings and he took him aside. Of course, we don't know the time frame between like when Jesus was speaking and when Peter pulled him aside. Hmm. Maybe it was instantaneous. I kind of feel like there was some time that went b- between there, but mm-hmm. regardless, it's like those emotions that have to build up to be able to, you know, there's some wisdom with Peter to some degree that he pulled him aside. He yeah. didn't say it in front of everybody. Right. Right. But he had some consideration. He pulled him aside. Wow. And then he just has like the, you know, one of the best things he could say, God be merciful to you. Yeah. You know, this, this can't happen. Yeah. But Jesus's response is, you're Satan. You are acting as Satan right wow. now. Even you're expressing Satan mm-hmm. right now. And so this wasn't like a, you know, obviously this is huge. If someone mm-hmm. ever called me Satan, that just would destroy me probably. Yeah, quite but, the insult. Yeah. I've been thinking about that because like our, a lot of times our view of Satan is so negative. It's mm-hmm. like when we, even when we said like the, it's the counterfeit of God's plan, it's like a lot of times to me that would just mean like evil. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times, we'll, we'll, you know, we would think God's plan is good. Satan's mm-hmm. plan is evil. Right. So if God wants to feed the poor, Satan's plan is not to feed the poor. Let mm-hmm. him starve, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it might be. But this just opens the door of like, Okay, if Satan's if this is included in Satan's plan, mm-hmm. or if this is a counterfeit of Satan of being good and trying to care for someone, yeah, like what does that mean? Yeah, right. I mean, that's kind of where my head's at. Like, what does that mean for Satan's plan that it like can include this well, emotional, you know, caring heart? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's actually really insightful because I, you know, you mentioned it earlier on what Satan's plan is, is it is counter counter to God's plan. And I'm thinking even of Babylon, it actually is, is 
talks about in Bab- with Babylon as like the consummation of Satan's plan. It, it is gilded with gold. It, it, it there's pearls. It, it, it has a lot of the same materials as the New Jerusalem, but it's it's in an outward facade. It's a it's not solidly built up with those. It it looks like it. And so to your point, what Satan tries to do is he tries to counterfeit. He tries to he he tweaks things where it's just a bit off. It's not so directly evil and negative. Right. Though I'm sure his heart, you know, if Satan has a heart, you know, it's like it's f- fully malicious. Like right. he intends to right. The thief does not come except to steal, right. kill, and destroy. Exactly. Um, but in in what it, that actually looks like, what he's actually able to do. I mean, if Satan came to you like the red devil, with the torch he puts on their buildings, you'd be like, hey, get behind me, Satan. Right. Yeah. But if he comes to you with a, you know, hey, maybe you should. You know, consider doing this or doing that. Or like in this case, in Matthew 16, I love this story. I'm glad you brought it up. Like the Lord's wanting to go to the cross to accomplish God's purpose, to fulfill, you know, to redeem humanity. Right. Peter, you know, being usurped by Satan says, you know, be God be merciful to you. You know, you shouldn't die. You're the Christ. I just figured out you're the Christ, you know. Right. You can't die. You're our king. That's a good point. Um. So yeah, Satan comes in and he uses our pure, seemingly pure motives. He warps them. And right, the tree in the beginning is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. He uses good things and evil things. And he uses our flesh, right? This is the flesh of Peter coming out. And if you read the next verse, the Lord starts addressing like the fact you need to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. So yeah, Satan's not in this outward evil form. He's often comes to us in a good, pure-hearted, like, hey, maybe consider doing this, which means he's subtle. <laughs> That's yeah. the whole thought. Like, he's a subtle yeah. enemy. Um, I think even like 2 Corinthians 11, there's a verse where it talks about Satan comes to us. He transfigures himself as an angel of light. He appears as an angel of light to people. Now, I've never seen Satan like that personally, right. um, but it just shows like he's not this um, explicitly evil character in his how he manifests himself, right. he shows up in our good intentions, mm-hmm. which means it's so subtle and we need to be on guard because uh, God does have an enemy in this universe. The Bible does not present the Calvinistic view of sovereign God, no enemy involved, God's sovereign over everything. He is sovereign over everything, but there is a real enemy presented in the Bible in a real warfare that happens. And right. If you read Revelation 12, you just can't get that thought that might come with our good philosophy and logic about God. There's really an enemy God really has a, a battle and he's waging that warfare through us and our choosing to deny our satanic selves and side with the divine purpose or intention. Right. Yeah. What is even, I mean, what is that verse in Peter two that talks about like the judgment starts with the church? Oh yeah. First Peter four seventeen, I think, or 14. One of those. First Peter four well regardless yeah first peter 4 17 okay what does that say for it is time for the judgment to begin from the house of god and at first from us what will be the end of those who disobey the gospel of god so yeah so so i guess that's the point there is like it starts with the house of god meaning like okay if god's gonna cast judgment like there's gotta be something i guess in some sense to cast judgment on it's like Hmm. if we were perfect and all holy and whatnot then there'd be nothing to cast judgment on but Mm. the fact that it starts with the church it's like i feel like in in a lot of degrees 
the judgment comes because we're so fallen. Like mm-hmm. because Satan is entangled with even the Christians. That was a good point you made earlier of Peter. If you, I mean, you know, you look back right before that, Jesus calls Peter the rock. Like you've seen the vision of who yeah. I am, right? Right, and then he calls him Satan. Yeah. And so it's like the judgment starts with us, and we just need to be open to that and understand yeah. that's like God what he's doing right now and how he's going to accomplish his plan and how he accomplishes his plan is by judging Satan within humanity. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it starts there. Yes. Like that's he's, a good point. You know, yeah. he's not going to go wipe out all the negative things and bad things yeah. that are happening in the world. I mean, we'd love him to do that. That's not really happening in this age. Mm-hmm. It's not happening until he gets what he wants to the church, which part of that is, you know, that he's judging yeah, Satan within humanity. Yeah. Yeah, it's really striking. There's a satanic element in humanity called sin. Mm-hmm. And he's judging that, that part of us that corresponds with the devil. So yeah, that's a really, that's good. Maybe this would be a good place to, to stop. We're doing good on time here. Yeah. So. No, I think that's great. I mean, I think that, I mean, maybe maybe if we had big takeaways here. Yeah. It would be the summary. You know? It's like. <clears throat> If you really want to get into Satan's fall and mm-hmm. who he was before that, this probably isn't the podcast for that. I think that's kind of taken elsewhere. I mean, you can find that all kinds of places where yeah. he fell in the story. Yeah. Um, but I think the big thing we wanted to highlight is is the, the, maybe the main point is like Satan's subtle. It's yeah. not obvious how Satan operates today. Right. Yeah. He, he operates in us. It, he usurps us. And we have to be on guard, not just against the outward seemingly evil things oh that's satan doing that that's satan doing that right but actually your own thoughts your own good intentions can be satanic we need to be on guard and you know be pursuing christ desperately so that he can deal with this part of us that corresponds with the enemy right yeah yeah okay well all right until next time yeah until next time all right um all, all, um, all square and round here in Texas. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if you guys do want to donate, mm. yes, tell them where they can donate. Will. Okay. Well, actually, you don't. We don't really need to donate because, like we said earlier, we were in, we have so much money. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, we got a new studio. <laughs> yeah, if you can't hear the yeah. the, the walking upstairs, yeah. it's dropping boxes. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. See you, Will. All right, man. Bye.